Welcome back, Rebels, to another episode of Creative Thinking. This week, we're joined by the Kitchen Club. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, guys. So what is the Kitchen Club? So our podcast, Kitchen Club, is Serena and I, I'm Sarah, this is Serena, and it is our newly launched podcast. Kitchen Club is basically bringing to life everything that we love most, um, Serena, Serena and I both met, uh, working in food. So we love creating food for people, creating recipes and basically just having a lovely chat whilst eating. Yeah. So kitchen club brings together food, our love for food, and then it is dependent on our guests and what they're talking about, but mostly in the, the sort of wellness w- world, um, so we discuss basically everything we want to know more about yeah. from sex and periods to mental health and Reiki. Yeah. All the different things that encompass. Yeah. And you cook a meal for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. We cook a, we cook a meal. Um, and the meal is based on their three favorite ingredients. So we ask oh. them in advance, what's your three favorite ingredients? And they'll tell us. Usually it's a lot more than three. Yeah, they always give us about ten. Yeah. And then as the show grows, there'll be someone who's just gonna like try and trick you and be like, Well, I really love chocolate. I'm gonna have to think some random stuff. Raspberry <laughs> jelly. Yeah, raspberry jelly and blueberry jelly. And oh yeah. Make us a three course meal. <laughs> <laughs> The more random the ingredients, the more courses we give them. Because if we can't combine them, then we have to do pudding as well. Yeah. yeah so, so that's quite a good tactic. Yeah, it's a good tactic. Say chocolate and then spinach. Yeah. And then you can. Oh, but we can make meal. some sort of smoothie. How boring. Um, yeah, so it, it's reliant on them how many ingredients they give us. But we'll try and choose three of them. Yeah. And we've had, we've had some good ones so far, haven't we? Serena's mostly on the recipe creation side I'm food obsessed and they've been yeah really great stuff so far we've had one guest who went quite broad and asked well said her three favorite ingredients were um onions garlic and ginger yeah we, so we can go with anything base. yeah <laughs> we haven't recorded that one yet but we're like hmm we could literally do, we could do yeah. anything is it like quite a lot of pressure that you've put onto yourself of not only are we gonna like start a brand new podcast record edit all of the stuff that goes into that we're also going to cook as well yeah it's (laughs) my favorite bit though (laughs) yeah that's what we love isn't it we yeah just adore cooking for people eating I suppose it's such a a conversation starter as well isn't it because there's something in us that's very very tribal of that like breaking bread of of sharing food with each other that goes back to our caveman days of of like that's how we bonded is i know you're not a threat so i give you the food and we share and we talk and we do the thing yeah absolutely and it's it's you're so right it's the kind of um everyone feels a little bit more comfortable when they're eating uh, or they should do and um i see so it's just to lull them into a full yeah. sense of security, yeah. give them a lovely meal, and then they just start talking about whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and then if you run out of things to say to them, you just take it back to food. Yeah. <laughs> Safety mechanism. And everyone's got such lovely um, sort of backstories about their ingredients and why they chose them and why they wanted us to cook with them, which is... I suppose a lot will go to like their childhood, I suppose, and like things that like mean something to them on like, yeah. a deeper level. Yeah, and I don't think they've even realised that either. 
I can't think who we've had that's been, or we've tried to do some digging actually, haven't we, into why they might have chosen that. We had one guest who we've read that she spent a lot of time in Italy. Oh, yeah. We're like, we've seen you spend a lot of time in Florence and you chose these ingredients. Very Mediterranean. (laughs) And she was like, no, I just like them. (laughs) Trying to make it really deep and meaningful. (laughs) And we've also given us a bigger task. So we cook... And we also have a feature in our podcast called Health, Healthy Habit. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something we also ask our guests in advance. What is their healthy habit that they use daily or weekly, whatever it is, to um, make them feel really se- safe, secure, good for their well-being, mental, physical, emotional. Um, and then we trial it out before we see them. So we've given ourselves a lot of homework yeah, we have to do a week's prep of their healthy habit before they come so that we can then tell them what we think. Yeah, so a lot of build-up as well as them recording and then doing all of the, well, you're editing queen, but all of the admin bit afterwards. Yeah. But it's exciting because we get to talk to them about it in detail and sort of why they do that and um, some of them really cool. Mm. Yeah, Grace Hazel, who we had on, um, she calls herself the, the pussy empowerer, the the vagina, vagina witch. witch. Vagina witch yeah. yeah, yeah. She made us um, stare at our yoni. Sacred word for, for nice yeah. word. Yeah. I know. I've listened to the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Stare at our own yoni, wow. which is interesting. Yeah. Did you learn a lot from that? I did. Well, I was kind of gobsmacked at how a baby comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I can see you both sort of cringing. I know, I was going to say, it's everyone's like blushing a little bit. Not sure what to say. <laughs> but they've, they've been interesting, the healthy habits. It's really cool. Cool. So as of today, you launched yesterday. Yeah. How was that for you guys? Nerve wracking. We both were like up at 6am and texting each other. And I've never spent so much time on my phone in one yeah. day. I try and have really strict boundaries of my phone because I know it's not not good to be on it constantly. We were still at like, at nine at night, we were like, okay, we're going to do one last thing, then we're going to go to bed. And then at 10, we're texting. And then at yeah. 11, we're texting and we're like, oh my God, go to bed. <laughs> That's because you were messaging me that. Was passing on to Serena. <laughs> By 9 a.m., we were like, I feel like I've run a marathon. I'm so tired. The adrenaline's wearing off. I'm like crashing. Although I didn't sleep a wink last night. I was still high as a kite all yeah. night. I just stayed up reading. And still feel a bit queasy today. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. it was incredible. I don't think we thought it would be like that at all we just sort of thought that we were putting some sounds out into the world and maybe our family would listen to it but actually it's the response so far has been incredible yeah it was amazing how kind people were in sharing it and stuff like people who owe us absolutely nothing but were so happy to spread the word for us and I think that was really special yeah I think like when we launched, it was a really similar thing. You really realize you really realize who's out there for you and yeah. like who your friends are and who's yeah. willing to support you. And it was so like heartwarming to see how many people actually post and how many people's lives that you've impacted on, and they just want to help you. Yeah, it is so great and yeah, it's really special. Yeah. But it's it's the big people that are sharing it, and it's also the people that are just listening and quietly doing so that is also has a massive impact and has been incredible and just send us a little message on whatsapp or whatever and that's been really great as well i've had some really lovely messages i want to tell you about (laughs) amazing so today we're going to do some questions from your audience 
What's number one? Oh, go on, Serena. You um, go first. Okay. Number one. See, I feel like this is more one for you than me because I think you'll have a better answer. How can I grow my social platform to gain following for when I qualify? What's she, and I think what's she qualifying as? I think she's qualifying as a naturopathic um, nutritionist. Okay. Cool. I mean, it's it doesn't really matter what she's qualifying in because I think that um, leading... I always say to people, even if they're in full-time jobs, it can't hurt to have a social media following. It it just can't hurt because building a, a personal brand or just essentially your reputation online, I think is really important because then if, when you go into another job, it's like when you do meet someone in that in a proper job, that's like a proper job. Um, <laughs> but when you meet someone in a proper job um, that that like also has a large following is really interesting that that kind of dichotomy because they're they're clearly working on something else and they have they have um there's a lot of skills that go into that and into building an audience that um are are really valuable skills i think because a lot of it comes down to sales and marketing yeah i think that what i've done and what i think is great to do with anything if you're if you're planning to start something in the future and you don't necessarily have the content yourself to do that now is start like a, a niche page, like start a page just around a certain topic. It doesn't have to be, so if you are if you think I want to be a chef in two years time and now I'm going to start my training, you could start posting pictures of food, other people's food, like curating, curate a feed of other people's things, grow an audience around that. And then when you're ready, you can switch over mm. into your own thing. You've already got an audience amassed who are interested in this certain thing. Yes, you'll lose a certain amount of things when you flip it, but you've got an audience ready. It's like ready and waiting rather than having to start from zero. So you can curate, not create. Yeah. Oh, that's so sneaky. I love that. Yeah, we did it. Um, I've done it with all like a few of my personal accounts. And when we launched our tattoo studio, before it was open, because we'd got released and we still had to like build it, fit it out, we started a tattoo page that was just sharing different people's pictures of tattoos. Yeah. And then... When it targeted people just that were living in Shoreditch. Oh. Yeah. And then flip. That's amazing. Wow. So it's yeah. got to be something quite like vaguely relevant, no? Well, I think it has to be perfectly relevant because when you flip it, you want an audience who's going to be engaging and into that. It's like if I sold trainers and I'm selling it to people who don't do any kind of sports or athletics or don't ever wear trainers, then no one's going to buy it. Mm-hmm. It's like if you've got a food blog but for London, but you're only targeting people, you had a Brazil football thing that's not going to convert at all so it's like make it as close to the niche as possible that's kind of what i generally i also think people worry about knowing too much about something it's okay to just document your journey Mm -hmm. and whatever she's learning as she's graduating like just take people with you and those those early people people love to be right so if they follow you in the beginning and because it's like it's quite valuable when someone follows you like that's you're they're allowing you into your feed and we always talk about curating your feed and turning your feed into a place where you want to hang out like a cool magazine that you want to flick through like only include the stars that you want to see in that magazine and so by someone following you they're letting you into that world it's like okay I want to see what you're up to and then if you then go on to do something amazing that proves them right and they will love that and they'll be with you forever yeah Absolutely. I actually know what you mean. There's people that I followed back when did like we all get Instagram? What six years ago or something? I think I was a bit late to the late yeah. to the party. Anyway, I remember following people who like were just like girls who did a bit of cooking at home and now have fifty thousand followers. And I'm like, yeah, I knew you were going to be good. Yeah, I was there from the start. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so it's always nice to say to people like, 
I remember when they only had this amount of followers and I followed them then. Yeah. Like, it's like a it's like showing off, I suppose. Like, remembering, I remember following Deliciously Ella when mm. she was literally a food blog of a girl at university and now she's, like, an empire. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is that that sense of, like, showing people your journey and being really sincere about what's going on and being honest to whatever following you've got. Mm-hmm. And that honesty will shine through and genuinely interacting with the people that are following you and interacting with other people I think that's I mean I remember following out Sarah Malks (laughs) (laughs) she was only on about 5,000 followers she hasn't grown that much (laughs) it was probably only like a week ago (laughs) (laughs) but I think you make a really interesting point there of of looking after the people that are already following you instead of just trying to reach the masses so i think that's the trick where a lot of people fall down is they're trying to appeal to everyone whereas just go niche with it and just like these people already follow you like um like just doing these q a's like you've reached out to your audience you now have a sense of what it is they're worried about like what they're thinking about the things that they want to know from you the things that you're successful at and so that gives you a kind of an overview of of what they're like so then to like you will always consider that and know that, oh, by posting this, I'm helping people who are worried about this thing, rather than worrying about someone over here who doesn't follow you yet. It's just yeah. like focusing on the people you've got. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're really good at doing that. That's what I, I, li- I like to do that. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I guess quality, not quantity. Like, I think a lot of people who have smaller followings actually have more influence over them, whereas some of some of the celebs who have like 1.5 million people actually only follow them because they're hot and they want to look at the pictures whereas someone who has like a real passion and really goes for it and might have only 30,000 followers but all 30,000 of them are really invested in what they're saying and what they're doing and their work rather than like just being like oh she's in a bikini nice Mm. I'd take I'd take that any day I'd take a 10,000 engaged fans over 1 million non-engaged fans every day because what because really what have you got other than the the vanity metric of the number yeah, absolutely. The vanity metric of the number, I like that. Yeah, so I hope that's answered. Yeah. And I mean, to in, in more practical terms, it's like patience. Like, I mean, you know, because we've, we've talked about this before, Sarah, um, of just gradually bit by bit. Because I remember when you came on the podcast, it, it was like you were so close to that 10K and we yeah. knew that you that we knew that you would get less listens like because because you, you don't have the swipe up feature yet and we're like should we wait for a bit and it's like no man we'll just put it out do you know what i mean <laughs> because for believing <laughs> <laughs> but it's like but pay like have patience um treat instagram like a job because it's it's hard work and you will never met, meet really hardly anyone with a huge following that hasn't worked at gaining that following yeah. and so what does that work look like that looks like like um, learning about hashtags, learning about like, um, inter- like how to properly interact with people. Like, um, if like showing that you're not an automated comment because mm. I, like you see so many of them of this is great content. And sometimes I, I, I want to write on someone's thing and I'll write something about like, oh, this is really cool, dude. And then I'll be like, mm, that Sounds could automated. be automated. Yeah. So I then have to reword it to say something specific about what's happening in the post. So, um, and I get, yeah, authenticity, be yourself, um, interact with as many people as, as possible. Um, and then I think collaboration is huge mm. with growing an audience. And I think 
really nowadays, unless you've got like a budget to put behind your posts, I think collaboration is the is the way to like grow quickly. Yeah, I think the organic reach on Instagram is now so low that like almost dead and some people would say collaboration is the key to growing really. Like if you can find lots of people in your niche who you want to hang around with and they can help promote you and you can help them in some way, like, yeah, find that, like grow that network. Yeah. So if you've got 300 followers, then that means reaching out to someone who has 500 and because it's all, it's all a bullshit status game, but because if you've got 300, no one with 10,000 is going to put you on. It's like, that's yeah. just the sad truth of... Unless you can find a way to give value to that 10,000 yeah. person. Like if you're a photographer and there's someone and you've got 300 followers and there's a person with 20,000 followers, if you do something for them for free, then they might put you out on theirs. Yeah, you have to overcome the the initial thing of, of like, this person has no value because they have no followers, yeah, which yeah. is bullshit. We all know that. Like, behind every single account is an actual human who is just as worthy of love as someone who's got more <laughs> followers. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. all, it's all bullshit. But yeah. it's the game that we've all signed up to. It's the game that we play. So try and hit people that are around the same following as you and just reach out with them. And, I mean, you guys know you'll make some amazing friendships with people. And, and you can grow together, which is... Yeah. yeah. And I think that's an important thing to, to note as well is in terms of it being a start for your business and growing yourself essentially offline if your business isn't directly on Instagram, yeah. but that's the way you get clients or word of mouth. I think it's important to know how far to go and almost stop when you when you... Well, not when you get what you want, but if you're doing it not to be Instagram famous or not to have thousands of followers, then know that that's okay and that it's supporting your business offline. And if that's the goal, then let that happen and don't keep pushing it because Instagram's not going to be there forever. Um, and I also think it's really important to take yourself offline in the real world and get yourself out there, your face known away from Instagram and with events and meeting people face to face and curating your own things, which I think is really important. hundred percent. I'm really good at going out and meeting people, I not just I being like an online face. Yeah. Is that something you struggle with, Serena? I like to blame it on not living in East London, that I'm just <laughs> never in the right place at the right time. There's no trendy health events down in Tulse Hill. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think, I think because my business is like not based online, often I do get invited to things and I have this toss up of keeping my evening free and taking a client and making money or going to the event, which is going to be unpaid, but might lead to things. Mm -hmm. And that can end up being a bit of a funny one because in the long term, you're better to go to the event and go and meet the people. But in the short term, you're like, oh, I need to pay my rent. Actually, I need to make money this week. So that's a tricky one. Yeah, it's, very, it's a difficult balance, isn't it, in those early days? And I think that's why um, when you are, like when you do have your own business, like it's it's important to realise like how much hard work is going to go into it. Like we always talk about how great it is doing your own thing and which it fucking is. But there's another side to that, which is like you, you can switch yeah. off when you have a regular nine to five. You really can. Yeah. Um, it's just I, I can't, I wouldn't be fulfilled by the the day-to-day -day. so i i have to um balance the the extra work because that's that's worth it for me but yeah it's understanding that that is in there and sometimes that means yeah you've got to let 
you've got to let opportunities go because you can only do so much. I suppose that's where, as you grow, um, if you're able to, you can bring other people in to help take, like lessen the load, and then then you have more time to free up to to be able to do both. Like, but yeah, it's tricky. Cool. All right. Um, so, what's the next question? The next question is very podcast related, so it's a good one. Um, it is when was the moment you decided to start a podcast, and how did you start? with that so I want to ask you when you came on our pod yeah um had you already had the idea of starting your own I think it was in the back of my mind but Serena dragged me into it properly kicking and screaming we were yeah. both yeah. having the same idea um like not not about kitchen club exactly but we both wanted to do a podcast but I think deep down we both knew that without the like joint motivation we would actually never do it by ourselves mm-hmm. so I spent a while scanning the crowds, finding the right person, and then it clicked, and I was like, clearly Sarah's the best person to do it with. It was actually because you listened to the episode of these guys, and you voice noted me and said, I've just listened to you on this great podcast, and I really like your voice, and I think (laughs) you'd be really good to go on to do a podcast with. You're welcome, guys. (laughs) Yeah, so if it wasn't for you guys. That is true. I had thought of it, and I didn't know who to ask, and then... I got talking to Sarah. She said, listen to yours. And it was great. And I loved it. And then it was an obvious choice because we've got all the same interests. And yeah, like we're talking about our like, relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, where the, I- well, that's where the, the firm idea came from. But I don't think I knew I wanted to do a podcast when I came to you guys. But... I loved the idea of reaching more people in a different way and I didn't know what that would be. But yeah. Yeah, it's such a good way to meet people. I think one thing we always say to people because a lot of people reach out when they're thinking of starting a podcast and we always say there's a wonderful book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. And like you should start with why in everything that you do. But um, we specifically say it for the podcast, start with why. Like, what what are you trying to do? Are you trying to entertain people? Because we ask that question and a lot of times we get back like, oh, yeah, I don't really know. I just thought it'd be kind of cool. And me and my friends have these really cool chats, so I thought we could put them out online. And yeah, It's like, oh, Joe Rogan's allegedly making 100 million a year from podcasts, so I could go and make loads of money from it. Yeah, <laughs> I think if money is your driver, then that's, that's, that's never going to yeah. be successful, is it? Yeah. I have a quite a big why for the re- yeah, for why I wanted to do it. It's because I think um I know if I speak for myself, but I think I also speak for Serena that we're in a very big wellness bubble and I know my friends and family and people I've grown up with who aren't in this industry, they don't know the things that we know and it yeah. kind of we talk about um really in a blasé way um, and we assume that everyone knows them but they don't actually know them and it was also in educating them on my life and what goes on in my life but also just educating them because it needs a lot of the time it needs more education out of the bubble out of the industry that we're in that isn't clearly not reaching the people that need to know about it so it's stuff like talking about periods and talking about sex and and all of these things that we've been talking about for years and are really quite comfortable with talking about, but there's still so many women our age who aren't. And I think it's weird when you see your friends and you kind of sound like a know-it-all if they're talking about something, you're like, well, of course that's the case. Of course the pill stops your periods, blah, blah, blah. 
but if you do it in a in a sort of educational way we were like here here's this information for you I'm not necessarily telling you you're forcing it upon them it's like here you go yeah like gifting them something to think about and go away go away and and discuss with other people and I think that's why I I wanted to have that to to share and if they learn something from it at least they have the ability to then share it forward and it's not getting saturated it's not like Chinese whispers that kind of like gets useless as it goes along at least they could just keep passing the podcast on and that actual information is getting passed along rather than yeah Yeah. their memory of the conversation and I think if if no one's told you a thing that's not your fault like if you haven't learned about something, like you just you just didn't know about it, and that's fine because there's lots of stuff I don't know about. And one thing about one thing about about podcasting, I, I noticed this the other day. Like you and me now, when uh, we were talking to Hillary the other day, yeah. and we'll go, oh well, we learned this in this episode because from this person. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that we went into the podcast like know it alls, but. One of the things was like, oh, we know quite a lot of shit. We've been in business for nine years. Like, we can probably help a bunch of people with this. And then, like, the amount that we've learned in the past, like... Yeah, just from the podcast. Just from the podcast of of different guests that we've had. And you have these conversations and you enlighten yourself and you help other people along the way. That's I think that's why I love podcasting. That's kind of like the reason we started was because people kept asking us questions of like have you started this creative business like what did you do to get there and just asking for advice and it got to a stage where David was spending so much time responding back to everyone in emails that were like well this isn't scalable how can we scale this how can we if someone's got a question we can say go listen to episode 36 and then they can learn that from there and what's really nice is we've had messages now where if we're doing question and answers like this, we'll put a thing out to our audience and be like, any questions? And then every now and again, someone will send something back and be like, I haven't got any questions because you've answered them all. And I'm now on this journey of exactly where I need to go to. I found out what I needed to find out, which is great because it's like, we're not there for like, David kind of refers to it as like a course. It's like, it could be one lesson, it could be a hundred. But at some point, it's going to give you the confidence to go out there and do something for yourself or help you in your journey in some way. I think like that is kind of like the reason why we do it. That's really special that you got that response. So nice. And I think when we started, we never expected it to be what it is now. Mm. I think we called it Creative Rebels because creative people so often are looked at as the misfits and the people that don't fit in. And and that was, and they feel really alone. And we just wanted to let people know that like, yeah, there are actually thousands of you, like millions of you out there, but you just, you've just got to find your people. Um, and you're, you're, cause a lot of people get in touch and they're like, oh, thanks for letting me know that I'm not alone and, and that there's other people worrying about the same things and are yeah. happy by, and like get joy from the same things. And that's, that's a lovely, a lovely thing. What was the question? Cause I, I want to make sure we're not deviating. It was, too far. um, when was the moment you decided to start a podcast and how did you start? Yeah. So, so I would, I would think that, um, whoever asked that is potentially thinking of starting their own podcast. So start with why, which we've both kind of. Yeah, I think the why is really important as well, because if you're starting a podcast with zero listeners, zero audience, then you're going to have to convince guests to come come on this show. And having a strong why that they can believe in really helps you get guests. It's like when the first few emails we sent out, we were like, this is why we're doing it. This is what we believe. This is what we want to change. And we got a really positive response back. So like Emma Gannon was one of our first episodes and she's huge. And that was a really great start for us. And that's because we had a strong why. If we were just doing it because we want to 
have Maseratis, then <laughs> she would have said no. And look, like, look, we got um, we've got Reggie H coming in this evening, and we met Reggie at an event, did a quick interview with him, and in the green room, we just told him our why, and he was like, "That sounds dope. I want to do an actual proper episode." And it's like wow. just by articulating why we're doing the podcast he bought into the why and he was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be a part of that. So let me, let me do a proper episode. So yeah, just share your why with people. And, and even if you have no listens, because the average podcast lasts seven episodes, because that's how long it takes before most people give up. Um, and so when you ask, when you ask a big guest, um, cause I was talking about this to someone the other day and, and she said, oh, I, d- I don't have a network that I can, I'm starting podcasts. But she was like, I was like, well, get big guests that will help you grow really quickly. And she said, oh, I don't have a network to pull from. I was like, neither do we. Like we started off with zero listens. Everyone starts from zero, but you have to convince the person that you're speaking to that it's not going to be a waste of their time, that you're not going to be another one of those seven episode podcasts because there's thousands of them. It's like an yeah. elephant internet graveyard of just filled with these podcasts that people have started with all this, like it's going to be amazing. And like, it's a bit like the modern day blog, I suppose. Yeah. The amount of people who started blogs that have been three posts in and then or YouTube channels or something. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And it's I it's a very human thing of having that excitement of new. And then when it's not new anymore, it's like, oh if it's not that, it's actually hard work. To... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, articulating that why is is really important. And also it's important to to mention that the money will come. Like I think we've made what have we made? About fourteen thousand pounds so far? About fourteen, fifteen grand. Yeah. So, and, and we've decided not to have um, any sponsors yet. Um, obviously we could have made a lot more if we, mm-hmm. if we decided to go that route. And um, that's just been from like speaking appearances and, and things like that. But that only comes because of the, and like we've got full-time jobs, like that's not why we were doing it. Yeah. Um, that only comes because we've built an audience because we're providing as much value as possible. And I think if we were, going how can we monetize this we probably would have produced a different podcast yeah. that wouldn't have been as successful because we were thinking about the cash so yeah it's some it's something to consider and because I, I don't want to tell people there's no money in podcasting because there definitely is um and you should get that paper but <laughs> um but yeah it's but don't do it because of that yeah i was actually reading a, a blog post on that yesterday about um if you start a podcast for that reason then don't bother because it's so saturated and and you might never get past the the top 50 percent or whatever into that into that section but yeah so it's interesting yeah do it because you love it Mm. because then it'll always be fun yeah and so um their question was like how did you start so did you do a lot of like youtube tutorials on editing and all of that sort of stuff how did we Sarah actually did, Sarah does all the editing so I'm the wrong person to ask about that I spent a lot of time by myself in my living room watching YouTube tutorials and still not understanding anything <laughs> <laughs> and I, I one day I thought I was just going to pull my hair out because I wasn't getting it and I still don't think I've got it um but we what were, what were our first steps? We had a lot of helpful people like you yeah, who like recommended Adam. us microphones and software yeah. and taking all our photos. the stuff that, taking our photos, all the stuff that we would have had no idea about. Because if you Google microphone on Amazon, of course there are hundreds yeah. and you have no idea what's good. So I think a lot of it has been asking for help. And as we were saying earlier, people are, people are really kind and people do help you. And I think people 
because everybody's been at the beginning, they're willing to help other people at the beginning because yeah. they know that it's a lot of work and it is a struggle and it's... But because of that, it's also exciting. So I think a lot of... Like some of Piers' friends have helped you with the editing side and things or are going to. I think a lot of the time just admitting that actually you don't know how to do something and it's okay to ask other people and... Yeah, and so many people want to help yeah. and are happy to. And I also think... Um, it, we we spent a lot of time thinking, oh, it will it will come. We'll start recording, or we'll start when this is done. But actually, just start. Yeah. <laughs> Our first episode was with um, Venetia Faulkner, the brilliant host of Talking Taste Buds, and we were so nervous. I was like full on shaking before pressing record um and she was like guys just start it like stop it and it felt like jumping off a cliff into water like making this big leap but once you're in it's fine you just got to sort of make that step make that journey and go for it and then each one we record seems to get easier and go more smoothly the first one we hadn't realized like we're really bad at talking over each other and we only had one microphone so we couldn't turn anyone down (laughs) so there's times when it's three people talking at once and laughing and like it was it was a great conversation so it was interesting but we're like god that's not good on the ears we're very giggly at first aren't we so we're learning yeah it's all <laughs> a process amazing well i think that's answered that one yeah uh what's your next question advice uh, well, i will add the question but do you have any advice for switching career into wellness slash healthy food either working for yourself or an existing brand i think this is like there's quite a, a set path I think to do this if you're in a, if you're not in wellness or health or anything like that at all are you doing something like that on the side I think that's the first place to start like to make sure that you actually want to do it don't yeah. just quit your job thinking that this is a great career to go into because like as you know you've had lots of different careers and it's only like from doing all these different things you found out what you wanted to do so what I suggest she does to start with is try it like start a little side hustle, do evenings and weekends and start into that kind of world of food and wellness. Yeah, I agree. I also think um, you need to know why you want to switch into wellness and and healthy food. And if it's just something because it looks like a nice industry to be in, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's a really kind warm industry but it's still an industry um so I think you need to know what you want to get out of that because at the end of the day they a lot of the time it is a job yeah know know why and play with it and discover how you might get how you might want to get on into it I think what did you do before Serena I I worked in PR for six weeks and then uh, in travel PR and um, I my, my notice period was one month and three weeks into the job I got offered a job from Deliciously Ella and I then had to stay longer than I had already been there in order to see out my notice period and then I went and worked for Deliciously Ella which was my in into wellness. And you already had the the passion for food? Yeah I, so I was already a yoga teacher at that point and that this question makes me think a lot of of teaching yoga because people who work in office jobs so often are like oh I want to be a yoga teacher I want to be self-employed because they see pictures of Sarah and I having a coffee at 10 a.m on a Monday and they're like great that looks fun 
what they don't see is that we got up at 5am and we're not going to get home till 10.30 and that actually that coffee we had together was the only half an hour of the whole day that we sat down. So I think a big one for that is being realistic and talking to a lot of people who already do it. Not just one person in case they say, it's amazing, it's easy, I float from class to class and that's that. But talking to a lot of people and getting them to be honest with you because as Sarah said, whilst the health and wellness industry is great, it's still a job. And if you want to do well and if you want to make money and if you want to be successful, you have to work your tits off. And of course, it would be nice to teach one yoga class a day and spend the rest of the day taking Instagram photos and drinking coffee. But that's not going to get you massively far. Yeah, necessarily. That- sure, there are anomal- anomalies, but unless that's your niche. Yeah. yeah it's being realistic about it, isn't it, and doing your research. Because I think, yeah, if you're looking on Instagram and thinking like, oh, I could get invited to all these places. This would be really great. I'd love to do that not realizing all the hard work that goes into it on the back end like and as you said like it's a job at the end of the day no jobs are easy if you're going to make money there's always going to be a level of difficulty in that and i mean it's not just health and wellness it's like any career that you go to move into i I think like the way the question was worded is like how do you do it because it all seems very cloudy of like that there's a correct route into another career from the one that you're in. There is no correct route. Like it's again, just comes down to that, like start, start something. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, like you said, hedge your bets first, make sure that you're being responsible. You've got enough money in the bank for a start um, that like give yourself a six month buffer. We we normally recommend if you can do more than that, then do more than that. Um, But give yourself time to be earning no money um, so that you can like give this a go and make sure that it's going to be for you. Um, and yeah, and doing that while you still have the safety of an existing career is, is really good advice. Um, but like, there's no, there's no magic pill. There's no, like, Oh, you have to phone this person and then they'll let you into that industry. It's like, you've just got to start. And, and I guess that means networking and meeting the right people and putting yourself going to every single event that's around whatever you want to move into and just making connections with people. Yeah, I, I know I get a lot of questions around this, but it's it's specifically people who want to be yoga teachers and who have a full-time office job and they don't want to necessarily leave the job, but they want to teach yoga pretty much full-time as well, which I don't know how they do it. <laughs> um, and I think you're completely right, David, like just just start and if things feel right and feel like they naturally pick up and progress, then move in that direction. And I think, um, I know with the, with stuff I do, I, um, put a lot of energy into certain projects. And when I feel like something stops feeling good or whatever, and then I, I move on to putting my energy into something else. Um, and sometimes the energy will stay in that space and sometimes it won't. So I think just definitely try it out and listen to that energy because I think a lot of people are stuck in careers and jobs that they don't like because they're not listening to themselves and they're not listening to that inner voice that is like, you're not happy here. You've like, And I, we interviewed someone the other day who stayed in a career for five years longer than he, than he should have because he was just in the pattern of uh, this is what I do. I get up, I go to work, I sit in this office. And, and, but yeah, if you can listen and feel where your energy is going and ride that, then that's, yeah. that's going to be more fulfilling for your life. Yeah. I had a big period of, well, not a big period, a couple of years. It was when um, I stopped working at Ella and you were there and I'd come in for lunch all the time. And um, my friends would laugh at me because I was queen of quitting jobs. 
queen of it but it's just because it didn't feel right and I knew that and I didn't want to keep turning up and keep putting my whole time and energy into something that I knew was not right for me so I think it's yeah definitely trusting your gut and yeah we just interviewed Marie Forleo and that was something that she spoke about that that she had this this voice inside of her and she's like this is not right this is not right this is not right until she found what she was meant to be doing and then then all of a sudden it felt right yeah and when it does feel right then you can justify the sleepless nights the up at five the bed at ten you you can you can justify that yes I think when you're working in a job there's a really weird thing where people are like well I have to give it a year and it's like, there's this weird, like, you, you attach a number to it. Well, I can't leave before this time because that'll look bad on my CV. And people just get trapped year after year rather than just being like, this isn't right. I should just get out now. And I think that's probably, um, I know, because my parents have given me that sort of advice in future, in, in the past, in the future. Yeah. And I think it is <laughs> new magician type. Um, I think it's that that's a generational thing as well. And the generation that we're in, well, the industry that we're we're in working for ourselves now, but it's that thing of, yeah, like, don't waste your time. And you took a le- real leap with you, Sarah, specifically, like, because you were teaching yoga before you felt ready for it. Yeah, yeah. You just jumped in at the deep end. Yeah, I did. And it's, again, because people are kind and loving and, and gave me a, sh- a shot. So with that question, it's worth saying that there's a big difference to quitting your job and going self-employed or quitting your job and just moving to another job in the health and wellness Mm -hmm. sector. Because she said, um, you know, working for yourself versus working for a brand. And working for a brand is clearly not such a huge leap. You're still having a salary, you're still... Whereas if you're going to be self-employed, then maybe you'll be needing to think about training as something or qualifying in something. It's quite hard to just be a self-employed health and wellness person these days without having anything so that's a whole nother thing to consider that you might need to continue with your job whilst doing some some weekend training or whatever in whichever speciality you want to go into i think as well like that's a really good point of like if you're not in the the wellness field there's probably a job that's the same as yours in that field going and trying that because the connections you might make there might really help you out if you decide to go and do that in the future so it's like a great way to kind of get in the door to meet those people you can be like, oh well I work here and people will listen to you probably a bit more than if you were just like I just want to talk to you because obviously, obviously everyone's busy and doesn't have time to talk to everyone it's a good point because it means you don't actually have to have any specific health and wellness knowledge you might just be a pro at marketing yeah and you can be marketing in a sports shop or you I mean that is kind of health and wellness you know what I mean you can be marketing for something unrelated or you can be marketing for a chocolate a healthy chocolate brand and then you're within the industry but you're not necessarily a nutritionist yeah and I, I think a lot of skills are transferable as well so whatever you are doing in your current career whether you know it or not you're learning some sort of skills that will help you in your future journey so I always say to people whatever their nine to five is and I like I challenge people to say well I do this so that can't be relevant to anything and I'll be like yeah because you can do this this and this like whatever it is you're doing you can be feel happy to work going to work every day like knowing it's not forever but being like I hate this job but it's allowing me to firstly pay my rent and secondly I'm learning this this and this and there's always something you can learn from whatever situation you're in yeah, I think that's the key isn't it it's like having if you are in a nine-to-five and you don't enjoy it at least make something from it make sure you're learning something that could get you out of that if you just stay in that same rut of working the same thing every day you're getting new money you're going on the holidays you're buying these things 
but that's the constant cycle. You're not learning, you're not growing as a person. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's like if you can consistently grow yourself, then let someone else pay you to do that. If nothing changes, nothing changes. I actually said this on Sunday. I said to my boyfriend about a particular job that I hated a while ago. I said, if I hated the job, but if I took anything from it, it was the ability to send a lot of people a message, but put a different spin on it every single time, (laughs) (laughs) which is so important to my life now. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. Yeah. Um, we are really looking forward to seeing your podcast grow and evolve as it will, because ours certainly has. Like these episodes, Creative Thinking, was yeah. just yeah something our audience asked for. They were like, we love your intros. Could you do a bit more of that? Um, so we were like, yeah, let's do Creative Thinking episodes. So it will grow and change and you will grow and change <sighs> and evolve and it will be wonderful. But um, where can people find the podcast and find you guys online? They can find the podcast on iTunes and Spotify, Kitchen Club, just Kitchen Club. And on Instagram, we're at Kitchen Club Podcast. And there is where we post the recipes as well that we cook for our guests. Ah, so you so, can cook along. Yeah, yeah I like that exactly. Cook along. And if you want to find out a little bit about us individually, I'm at Serena Louth on Instagram. How to spell that, Serena? S-E-R-E-N-A and then Louth, like mouth, L-O-U-T-H. And I'm at Sarah Malks, S-A-R-A-H-M-A-L-C-S. Boom. Boom. Thanks, guys. Thank you. (laughs)